Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. My name is Theo, and you're listening to Between Two Trains, the train station that brings you great entrepreneurs twice a month. Your hosts are Eric Moss and Van Pappas. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another Between Two Trains. This is Van, your friendly financial planner. And this is Eric, your better business banker. And today we are speaking with a great individual. His name's Marty Hill. He owns the Sweet Science Fitness Boxing Club uh, right here in the Chambly area. Marty, welcome to the show. Hey, Van and, and guys. Thanks for welcoming me on. I appreciate you guys taking up us this afternoon to come on and join your podcast. So before we talk about what Sweet Science Fitness Boxing Club is, let's get people in the mindset of where you're located um, you're, you're actually just over the Chambly line in Doraville. Give us your location. Yeah, no, I appreciate asking that. You're exactly right. We really sit right in the middle of Chambly and Doraville. I guess if there was a, a property line, you could probably sit us right on top of it. Uh, one of the landmarks that we use is the brand smart location here at the top of 285 in Peachtree Industrial. We sit in the Peachtree Pavilion Shopping Center where the Super H Mart is located. Uh, we're on the back side of that building uh, facing the Hennessy Lexus. So you can actually get to us from Peachtree Industrial side if you're coming from the Doraville side, or you can get to us from Peachtree Road coming from the third rail studio side if you're coming from Shamblin. So tell us what exactly you do at Sweet Site. I've been to your facility. I was there when you did the grand opening a while back. You know, it's actually probably been a few years now since you opened. And, you know, I remember you've got like a full, uh, you know, ring in the middle of the, the facility, but you have other stuff too. So tell us exactly who your customer base is and what you do, what services you provide. Yeah, sure. Well, I established the brand back in 2009. So we actually just surpassed our 10th year in business. Uh, we've always been here local to the metropolitan Atlanta area, northern suburbs. I'm a Dunwoody High School graduate myself, graduated in 1993. And I initially opened the business up at Peachtree, Dunwoody, and Hammond Drive over there in the public shopping center in 2009 for about four and a half to five years. Uh, we relocated to the Doraville Shamley area again about five years ago because we wanted to be more centrally located, have better accessibility to 285. And we really wanted to be tied to a, a community that was thriving and growing. Uh, with the Doorbell, Shamley, and Brookhaven areas as well, still have accessibility to the Dunwoodies and even the Johns Creeks and the Gwinnetts. So the brand was established and still is established. We tell folks, we, we teach the sport of boxing, the bottom line, and, and we teach it to about everybody. Uh, our first five years in business, we more so catered to uh, what we call white collar professionals and executives. As I came out of the uh, professional business world as an executive recruiter and was doing boxing part-time, and the initial model was more so to focus on adults who wanted to learn the sport of boxing in a clean, safe, non-intimidating environment. From there, over the years, we grew into the cardio boxing fitness classes. Uh, now we've developed actually an amateur competitive boxing program. Uh, we've got our own professional fighter in the gym now. So now we consider ourselves a full, wide-range uh, boxing facility. So uh, we, we do boxing classes for men, women, and children. We do private boxing lessons for someone who wants to come in and say, learn the sport of boxing as if they are learning golf or tennis, learning new sports. And then we've got a competitive program for our kids. And now we're also dwelling into the, uh, the, the professional boxing world. So how, how, how young, like what you mentioned kids, how young can they come in? Like I got sure. a 14 year old. Should I bring my 14 year old in? You sure can. You sure can. Uh, we, we start them at eight and up. And the reason why we do that, because at eight, 
hopefully they're starting to kind of play sports and some of their coordination and reflexes is kind of coming around. Um, they're playing hopefully bo- basketball or soccer or even t-ball so they can transition over into the boxing world. But we take them at eight as well because they can't start competing until eight years old. So if you've got a child that's 13, 14, 15, we take them at that age, but we take them as young as eight. And with that program, we take them all the way up to about 18 years in age. You know, Marty, um, a lot of team sports over the last pretty much all 2020 have been shut down. Is boxing, it's not a team sport, or is it? What is it? Is it a team sport? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's a team sport in in a context of you've got a trainer, you've got people that help get those boxers and fighters ready. But as you guys have seen with the boxing community, which is really thriving now from a professional aspect, I mean, they've got more fights on TV and we've had some big fights on TV the last couple of weekends, you know, as we've kind of bounced back and starting to rebound back from COVID. Well, boxing was actually ahead of all the other major sports uh, when we got back, because at the end of the day, you've got two one-to-one individuals in that ring. You don't have five on five, don't have 11 on 11, you know, so you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, the health and well-being of a large group as much as those two key individuals and then the supporting cast around. Uh, of course, just like any other major sporting environment now, you don't have the fans, you don't have the large groups of people cheering and being in the, in, in, you know, being in the, in the stands as, as the fan base. But as far as the activity itself is concerned, it's easier managed because you've got few parties involved. Yeah, I was, I was asking because, you know, you think about swimming and track and there are team elements to that. You train as a team. Golf. You know, there are relays. Golf. Um, but at the end of the day, a big element, the main element of swimming and track and then golf, as you pointed out, and boxing, I would assume, is that at the end of the day, you are the one. You have to compete on an individual level. And But you're doing group fitness classes. And, I, and do you also do one-on-one training yeah. as well? Yeah. We do both. So again, going back to our initialization, that's what I built the business on, which was more of the one-on-one personalized, exclusive private training for someone who's in a, in a business environment that wants to come in and get off the treadmill. They don't want to do the elliptical. They don't want to do what we call standard fitness, but they also didn't want to be in a group just doing what we call cardio boxing, right? They really want to learn the sport because we also, within our community of USA Boxing, which is the governing body for Olympic level boxing, we have a division, which we call the master's division, which allows people 35 plus years in age, the ability to compete in amateur boxing events. So that's what I really started focusing on up to, you know, five years ago. Um, But yeah, we do personalized lessons for those who men and women, both who want to come in and use it for self-defense. You know, they're fans of the sport. Uh, A lot of people didn't get a chance to do it when they were younger uh, their parents may have boxed, a, a dad may have boxed, or even a mom may have boxed. We all have an uncle somewhere who boxed in golden gloves, right? You know, so now it's like anything. You want to go and, and, and buy that Porsche, you go buy that Porsche. You want to decide at 40 years old, you want to start boxing, you come to us for boxing. So we give people kind of that fantasy camp as well, but we let them really experience it, right? So they're getting in this boxing ring, they're putting the headgear on, they're putting the gloves on, they're putting the mouthpiece. And we let them go at it a little bit. Now, this is traditional boxing. I know a lot of people who have gotten excited over the last decade or so with this whole MMA stuff, but you're not teaching that. You're teaching the real traditional boxing. Yeah, and I appreciate you asking that, Van. Correct. You know, and one of the things that we pride ourselves on, 
Uh, as you just mentioned, you know, the growth of MMA and UFC and these other martial arts have been great. But the unfortunate thing about that with the growth of that, there's been some of the demise of just boxing gyms. You don't have a lot of boxing gyms and just pure boxing clubs anymore. Do you, you think, it, you know, you know, I, I love watching Conor McGregor, you know, I mean, everyone, if, if you know anything about MMA, you know, Conor McGregor for a while was like the hottest thing ever, but he took that step and went away from MMA and came to boxing. Did that help boxing any to have an MMA guy that was so popular, even though he didn't do well in boxing? You know, did that help the sport? You know, it's kind of a twofold question. You know, I, I would say in one breath that what people fail to realize that boxing has been around. It's one of the oldest sports, been around since the 1800s. I mean, even this word sweet science comes from, uh, you know, the Marquis Queensberry rules of what boxing is. So boxing has been around since the Roman Empire, you know, since the Crusades. It's been around a lot longer than UFC and MMA. So its history is going to always be there. You know, what, do you, what, what Connor may have done for boxing and to be honest with you, it kind of helped boxing in the sense of you had the world's greatest boxer against at the time who was the world's greatest UFC guy. And we know how that played out. So from the boxing community, we said, we've been saying for, for years, there's no comparison. You put a boxing guy in a, in a uh, an octagon, he's going to struggle. All right. So here's, here's, a, here's a tough question. Hold on, Eric. Let me, let me ask this one tough question for you. Um, Marty, boxing you just mentioned has a long history. There's been a lot of great boxers who is your favorite all-time boxer like yeah you know, when, when we talk about basketball everyone says jordan's the greatest ever who's the greatest marty hill boxer ever yeah you know i get asked that question every day in the gym and and i think about that question every day and the best way i can answer that is this there are certain boxers that i'm a larger fan of for specific reasons right I'm a huge Larry Holmes fan. To me, Larry Holmes is one of the top two or three greatest heavyweights, and maybe not the greatest heavyweight of all time, if he had not fought Muhammad Ali at that stage of Muhammad Ali's you know, uh, point in his career. Great jabs, straight punches, following sound, and pretty athletic for a very large man, you know, a really well world-class level boxer. This is gonna tell, this is gonna be surprising. You know, obviously, I like Floyd and I love Pernell Whitaker. There's the Meldrick Taylors, but there's one person right now that I watch a lot of. And I and I've studied him a lot. And it's unfortunate that one thing is kind of him being successful in one other area has taken away how great he was in his other area. And that's going to be Oscar De La Hoya. You yeah. know, I could you go back and look at look at Oscar all the way up until the Manny Pacquiao when, when he was, you know, even him fighting Floyd. Oscar is probably one of the pound for pound greatest fighters of all time. Power in both hands, slick, fast, good defense, and he fought everybody. Interesting. So one of my best would be Oscar De La Hoya. And that's I'm going to I'm going to have to go onto YouTube and see some old fights because uh, I can't. Old Oscar up. I'll pull I'll pull him up on YouTube. Olympian, the whole nine. He had the whole package. I've got so many directions I want to go. Um, Van, what's what's your favorite? Just before I get onto that, do you well, so you know, I, I I'm probably gonna you know people are gonna be like, oh, whatever, that's an easy pick. But <clears throat> you know, I like George Foreman only because of everything he did after boxing. He's such a great marketer, and me being somewhat of a marketer myself, I, I like seeing that. I mean, George Foreman basically has had just as great a career after boxing as he had during boxing. So. That's who my pick would be. I like you that. Could, 
Do you cook lamb on his little George Foreman grill? I, I used to own a George Foreman grill, but uh, you know, I, I hate to say it actually broke. <laughs> so did mine, but I used it. Got a lot out of it. <laughs> I, I I had a George Foreman grill as well. To your point, Van, I mean, and also, Marty, to your point, I mean, having being 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 good at more than one thing, um, it it definitely helps you, but it can hinder sometimes you know, you focusing on the, some people are just so talented. They could be good no matter what they do. Right. Um, I think my favorite would be Rocky Marciano. Okay. This is, this is old school, but, um, he was undefeated. I, I, for a second, I thought you were going to say Rocky Balboa. <laughs> no, Rocky Marciano. All right. Well, let's get back to sweet science fitness boxing club because Marty, I know you mentioned okay. You know, if you want to be 40 years old and get in the gym, you've got guys coming in. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, you actually have some senior citizens in there, too, don't you? He's muted. Uh, hold on, Marty. Hold on, Marty. It looks like you're muted. Can you unmute? Oh, there you yeah, go. Sorry about that. I call. I jumped on. Um, no, we tell people that when they cross through this door here and they cross our threshold, we tell them age. We don't look at age. You, once you come in our door, you're now a boxer. So I've had people range from 60 plus years old up to 70 plus years old. I've got uh, a couple of 60 year olds in right now. I've got a couple of, of, of 50 year old, 50 year old, 50 year youngs in the gym right now. And I actually hope that coming next year, if things get better, that they'll have some competitive boxing matches. So we get them from all ages and all ranges, men and women and children. And they don't necessarily have to come in because they want to compete. They can come in for the fitness side, right? Exactly. Right. So, so I, if I did, I read an AJC article about a woman named Mary Hamilton. Yeah, Mary's one of our local uh, community residents here, and you're you're right. Mary's probably has lost over close to now, and even back when we had the AJC article, I think she was down like fifteen to twenty pounds. Mary's probably about forty to fifty pounds down now. She looks. Phenomenal. Mary's, uh, I think, 62, 63, somewhere in that ballpark. She comes to see me now for personal training because she was coming during, she was coming for classes pre-COVID, but we do one-on-ones now. And she's in phenomenal shape. And she just wanted to come in and use boxing for fitness. And it has worked. That's awesome. So those listeners out there who are saying, hey, you know, why am I listening to this podcast? It's about boxing. I don't care about boxing. You know, if you go to the gym then consider changing and going to sweet, sweet science fitness because you can probably lose more pounds than what you might at the, uh, the traditional, you know, anytime fitness gyms. Right. Right. I mean, a boxing workout can burn between 500 to 1,000 calories in that one hour, depending upon the pace that you move and what you're doing. It, gets, it increases the metabolism and increases your heart rate and increases your mobility but what's also good about boxing is how it helps to reflexes, timing, coordination, and your balance, you know, all these different things. Um, and I'll, I'll use this platform now to mention one thing that we want to grow into the next year is we want to build a Parkinson's program. Uh, the sport of boxing is phenomenal for Parkinson's because of the motor skills and the timing and reflexes of the right and left side of the brain. So there's a lot of programs, a lot of tests that's been done how the sport of boxing and boxing workouts with it holding them the focus mitts or punching the bags, how it benefits Parkinson's patients. So that's one thing we want the community to know here in the Shamley area, as well as Doraville in these Northern suburbs that we want to develop, you know, a Parkinson's boxing program here at our gym. That's awesome. I, I would never have thought of that, but that's a 
that's an awesome, awesome thing there. You need to you need to uh, get old uh, Johnny Isaacson on board and uh, get him in the gym. Yeah, he has Parkinson's, doesn't he? Yep. Oh yeah. wow! I didn't know that. Wow. That's yeah. a great and idea. he was just he was just named uh, the Parkinson's Foundation just named him to the board of directors uh, sometime recently. Oh really? Yep. Okay. No, that's a that's a great idea. I'll try and reach out to his uh yeah his office and see if we can do that. It's a phenomenal idea. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. We have see that's what's great about between two trains. It's not just about hearing from the owner. It's about coming up with great ideas. Eric, that, that was an awesome idea. I'd love yeah. to see Johnny Isaacson at the Sweet Science Fitness Boxing Club one day. That'd be awesome. Let's see nice. if we can pull it off. It's a Georgia guy, you know, Georgia business. I think there's a lot of things, a lot of things lining, lining up. And um, let me ask, let me ask you this. Like I said, there's a lot of different directions, Marty, I wanted to go. Sure. But there's been a huge increase in at the collegiate level, uh, having charity, you know, charitable fundraisers will they'll, where they'll get amateur boxers to compete and try to raise money individually. And the whole campaign is centered around the boxing event. And I had a buddy of mine in college that actually having gone through that turned into a pro boxer. Um, do you see, I mean, do you see college kids coming in and, and who are committed to these types of events or do you see people preparing for these one-time events? Yes, Eric, great question. And I, I would think here in Atlanta, we probably have like two or three of those a year. I mean, that that type of environment and those type of events have grown tremendously. And to be frankly honest, you know, that is predominantly why most people come into gyms at some point now, because they have these type of charity events, whether it be for Parkinson's or whether it be for uh, I know we have two or three events here in Atlanta um, that we call these, these white collar corporate events where you might I pick a charity and I fight for them and then you pick a charity and you fight for them and then. I raise X, Y, Z amount of dollars and you raise X, Y, Z amount of dollars. And then whoever wins, you know, that purse goes to that charity. So again, anything that's tied to a foundation or charity is always successful. And of course you put two people in a boxing ring, some boxing gloves on, you know, it's, it's the greatest spectator sport of all time. So it's a no, no lose situation for fundraising. Um, well, let me rephrase that. It's a no lose situation for the fundraiser. It's the, per the people back in the ring and, and take those punches you know, who end up making those choices. But to your point, you will have those who come out of those fundraisers and go, oh my God, I had no idea. You know, I wish I had been doing this for 10 years and now I want to stay in the gym and I want to compete in a sanctioned regular event or some hang around and, and, and do pro shows or some say, I'll never do that again. But it does bring a different level of community into the gym that we did not have exposure to before. I mean, you, you talk about something, you know, how do you, how do you grow the sport? How do you get people interested in boxing when you've got the evolution of the MMA and, and kind of some newer, you know, things popping up, but boxing obviously has history. Boxing. If you, you look at um, some of the payouts for the paper pay-per-view, you know, the top notch fights, there is money in boxing. Like you wouldn't believe. And I would imagine that the betting, the, the rise in popularity and the normalization of betting, via your phone, um, certain websites, whatever, is only growing the attention. Because, you know, when there's money on the line, people tune in. It's just fun to see. 
Well, and, and you're right. So when people talk about, I think Van asked and you kind of mentioned, it, that's, that's the thing that we laugh about in the boxing community. And again, not to demise any art form in itself, but when you just talk about the monetary aspect or the financial aspects, when you compare boxing to other sports in general, I mean, yeah, I remember Floyd Mayweather was the richest athlete, you know, the last two or three years running. I'm not sure right. he still is. Fought. He's not even fighting anymore, right? So it's not even a, it's not even a comparison. You know, you got to remember what Joe Lewis and and Rocky Marciano and uh, um, we can go all the way back. You know, these gates of these fighters, what they made in the in the 1900s, in the 1800s, as their first million dollar purses. People don't people forget that before there was a World Series champion, an NBA champion, and an NFL, it was the heavyweight champion of the world. You know, that was the greatest, largest, biggest sports icon that we had, right? Before all these other sports who were pretty new in their infancy, you know, boxing was there well before. So from a monetary and a financial aspect, it doesn't even come close to what these guys make on one night. Right. One, one night. night. One night. Uh, I mean, that's just, and it oftentimes doesn't even matter how you perform. I mean, the money's already made. It doesn't, and not, not how you perform. It doesn't matter how long <laughs> you perform. You get in there and you sign a deal for a $10 million fight and you're in there for 30 seconds. You just made too many bucks for 30 seconds. Now that might be the worst 30 seconds of your life, but <laughs> you know, hey. Uh, weren't, 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 weren't there some Tyson fights that he knocked them out like in the first 10 seconds or 15 seconds? Correct. Correct. And those guys that got knocked out made plenty of money because they knew the likelihood of what they were stepping themselves into. So if I'm going to be every 15 seconds, it's got to be what? It's got to be worth it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. because I, I, I know the listeners want to, want to know this. Mike Tyson, at his, in his prime, how much money, Marty, and Van, this is coming to you too, how much money would it take for you to step in the ring? And against prime, Mike Tyson? You, you, against Mike Tyson? Me in the ring with Mike Tyson? No amount of money. Not, not even today. How old is he? He's got to be in his late forties now, right? Yeah, he's getting ready to fight in two weeks. He's, he's ready to fight. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even get in the ring today with him. Forget about in his prime. Not, for no amount of money. The no amount of money. I am sorry. There's no way. No, no, I, I, I don't. I, I cherish my body way too much. Marty, <laughs> I. I See, Marty, though, he's in shape. Look at him. He's got those guns on his arms. He, I think he could do well. What I, what I know now about the sport of boxing, for that amount, for I, I, hell, even back then, I'd probably take 50 grand because when the bell rang, I'd just take a knee. I, now, <laughs> Eric didn't say how many hits I would take. He asked me to get in the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, so, so there at the beginning before the bell rings, when when the boxers touch that's hands, it. you just fall that's down it. right there. That's it. That, when that <laughs> bell rings, the fight. And when that second bell rings, it's over. So yeah. all you can do is take a knee and say, hey, that's you, it. You, you trip getting off the stool, right? I, hey, my, my coach tripped me. I got a headache. <laughs> you know, the phantom punch. You know, you'd be surprised. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. All right, so I want to talk a second about your business model uh, so people know. One of the things I hate about gyms is, you know, contracts. When they sign you, you got to sign up for a contract, and then you're locked in. You know, how exactly 
when people come to you, are they paying by the class? Are they joining a membership? What exactly is your structure? Yeah, Dan, I really appreciate you asking that because of all the interviews that we've had over the years, no one's asked us that question. And it's something that we just had to alter. When we talk about the COVID situation and the pandemic and how it impacts our business, that was one of the things that I did have to alter uh, because previously we did not do a contract. We did an agreement. And that's what made us a little bit different than I, I, I never used to work competitors, but that's what made us different than our, our fitness colleagues, because you're exactly right. And one of the things that I actually studied before opening a fitness business, which was what was the demise of fitness businesses? What was the one thing that most fitness, fitness businesses have a tough time recovering from? And it was contracts people couldn't get out of. It was bank drafts that people couldn't get out of after they were had moved out of the state that that gym was in or they had been sent to collections because they had canceled a contract, moved out of state, and that gym was still taking their money. And I said, I don't want to ever be in that position. So what we did early on was we said, hey, look, we're not going to put you in a contract. We're going to put you into a six-month agreement. We do do ACH or monthly withdrawals. But if you give us 30 days notice, we can cancel, terminate, suspend those services without any issue, and I control everything in-house. Now, fast-forwarding to 2020, because of COVID, because of our restrictions in the gym, because of just being very critical about who comes into our environment. Now I've changed that and saying, hey, look, we don't want part-timers. We don't want folks just coming in just to kind of see if it's a good fit. We do a good enough job with our social media, our website, our public uh, environments where people can see what we do here. So by the time you come to us, you've vested us, we've been vetted, you know who we are, we've done a consultation, this is where you know you want to be for at least six months. So now we are putting you in a six-month contract because we only want people here that truly want to be here. So That's fair enough. Yeah. You know, we, we have changed that and altered that. So then that way we don't get the gym hoppers and people just want to come and try something. Because at the end of the day, this is, you know, not, not to downgrade what we do. Some people see this as gimmick fitness. I want to go try this. Doesn't mean I want to be committed to it, but I want to try it. Well, we don't want that. We want those that are going to come in the door knowing you're not going to get any results if you don't commit to this for six months, period. So so if I join for six months and I'm paying a monthly uh, membership fee, I'm assuming, you know, that entitles me to do what? Come a certain number of times a month or how does that work? Yeah. So what you're coming to us for are two different things. And I appreciate you asking that as well. What we are not, we're not an open gym environment. So we have fitness equipment. We've got everything you need, but all that specialized, dedicated to our client base that comes in for two things. You're either coming to see us for personal training and instruction, which is the one-on-one training, and we see you two or three days a week for that, or you're coming into us for group classes. We do the group classes or beginner boxing classes, which is fit for everybody. And what the beginner boxing classes are, we take all the best components of a boxing workout, jumping rope, the punches, hitting the bags, hitting the focus mitts, doing all those great things that boxers do without getting in the ring and sparring and you don't have any contact, right? Um, But you're coming in for those classes Monday through Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. And we've just added a 6 a.m. strength and conditioning class. So you can come Monday through Thursday, 6 p.m., Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 6 a.m. to 7, and Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock. And on top of that, we're only charging $99 a month for those unlimited classes. And that's, that's solid. And I would agree that, you know, as a former athlete, you're always going to get what you always got. If you always do what you always did, you know, um, but 
you can't, you're never going to get something. You don't get skinny eating one salad. You know, you don't get rich saving one paycheck. You, you have to commit for a period of time. So I applaud you for having the, having the ability to, to focus in on those core people who can secure that type of commitment. Um, and you know, it's, that's the funny thing about this whole COVID thing. It's kind of so many businesses, you know, that Van and I speak to, you know, just have, have had to rearrange and, you know, you look at zoom, we used to do these things in, in person and now we're doing it via zoom. And sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's easier and it works out better via zoom because you can kind of make things happen quick. Sure. So, you know, Eric, back uh, on, I think it was episode in the 30s, we had uh, Jason from Elite Edge Fitness. I know you go to Elite Edge Fitness. Would you consider doing my, Marty's boxing program and trying it out? Is that something, you know, you're, you're, I'm not an athlete. I, I'm, I'm just a, you know, old fat guy, but you know, you're a, and I, I may need to do Marty's program so I can be like uh, the 62 year old woman that uh, lost 50 pounds. Um, but you're in shape. You were a former, you know, college football player. Would you do this boxing thing? Absolutely. And, you know, I've got the baby coming in March. So, you know, there's you got to get, you got to get ready to lift that, the, that baby weight, right? Well, it's more, it's more just being the secure and confident, you know, in, in any situation. And what I can tell you growing up, I had a couple of buddies who did the boxing and then I went to college with two different professional boxers. Um, people who are trained and have technique. I mean, if you ever need to draw on that skill, it's almost like an education. Nobody can take it away from you. Having that, having that knowledge, I think can just, I, I You're talking about for like self-defense. Yeah. I mean, I just think as a dad, it's my nature, you know, and you know, God willing in March, everything, you know, continues to go, but, it, and it, it, you know, it's going well, but I think as a dad, my nature is like, you want to, I, you know, I want to round out, uh, I want to fill every hole that I can fill. And I would, I would approach it, not just from shaking up the fitness, but also just a, uh, a self-defense, something that you hope you never have to use. But if I, if I need to use it, it's a little too late there, you know, and you can tell, Marty, you could probably tell who's who's had a few classes and who's never really been in a uh, sparring situation before. <laughs> sure, sure. I uh, know you're exactly right. And, and number one, it, you know, Jason's a good friend of mine. And ironically, even when I've got ready and prepared for things myself, I've gone over there and taken care of some of his 5 a.m. classes. So if you can do his morning workout over there, you can easily come over here and join us. because that, That's that's a killer. Um, but no. And, and you just alluded to something else. You know, part of what you get here with us, especially with the personal training, and it's funny you mentioned that I've had, you know, dads come over for years in the same exact situation you're in now, whether they've got newborn coming or they've got little ones. And I tell them what you're investing in with me is I'm going to teach you how to box and we're going to teach you the science of it. And when I tell folks, people go, what's the difference? I go, the difference is between me bringing you inside, putting you on the video camera not putting a golf club in your hand, but making you watch your swing over and over and over again in that video. We're not in the tee box. We're not down at Cherokee shanking balls. This is what this is. Now we can do this or we can go to, go to, um, uh, which we call it the, uh, the, the golf place. Top golf. Top golf. Top golf. And I can make you look like Tiger Woods. 
right, at Top Golf. But Top Golf is not going to translate into Augusta. You can hit 500 yards at Top Golf, doesn't mean you're going to hit 500 yards at Augusta, right? So there lies the difference. But we tell these dads, hey, look, we're going to give you is exactly what you can give to your sons and daughters. We're not going to change it. What we're going to teach you how to do will be the exact thing that you would teach your son and daughter. So you're getting a double return on investment because we're giving you something that you can pass down to your own kids for self-confidence and a self-defense perspective. So you do get customers that come in that, that that's their mindset, that they're trying Completely. to learn something for self-defense. Of 99, I would say it's probably about 70% of the time you'll get individuals that come in and they say, hey, look, I, I want to learn how to do this because I was always a boxing fan. But let's not be, let's be honest. I also need to learn how to protect myself if I am in certain situations. You know, when my son was very young, he did um, karate. And, you know, he, he did that for three years and then phased out. He got as high as he felt like he could get. Um, do you think there's some crossover there where, you know, people listening to our show that might have kids going through karate now, might say, okay, when they're done with that karate, let me phase them over to boxing. Is there a translation between karate and boxing or not really? You know what? It's something I've studied for the last couple of years and what I've kind of kind of finally come to the conclusion, no, there's not. There's not. It's two different disciplines. There's two different sports. There's two different mentalities. It's it's 1,000% different and it's been tested and, and, and we've looked at it. We've tried it. We've, we've, we've brought kids in who got to a certain level. And there's nothing, again, nothing against karate, nothing against martial arts in that respect. I think that's a great program for what they do for kids, bringing them through. Uh, and I wish that the boxing model had adapted to the similar models that martial arts has uh, in relation to, to karate, especially, or Taekwondo, because you have more boxing gyms. If you did, you, you, you go through a school of martial arts and we always use this analogy, you carry, wa you carry water and you eat rice. You carry water, eat rice through the whole black belt program. And part of that is carrying water, eating rice is you got to give back. You teach classes, you get a belt, you help bring somebody along. You, you know, you give back to your dojo. In the boxing community, we don't have that, right? You know, so that's why boxing gyms don't stay around because you get an older boxing coach who's around for a period of time. He dies off, that gym is gone. Where martial arts studios, you've got 20 kids who've got to come back and run that studio. Right. So the model works great from a business model. Now, as far as when it comes to the different levels of combat between boxing and martial arts, you know, the, uh, the boxing model, for what these kids are doing at an earlier age and what they have to accomplish, what they have to be engrossed in earlier on. I think that's where the difference is. You always have every, you always have exceptions to rules. Right. But most of what we've seen is two different translating sports. Just because a guy plays good at baseball doesn't mean he's, he's hitting 400 in baseball. Doesn't mean he's going to go hit for 30 in basketball. But, you know, are you going to have an exception like an Aaron Judge or whatever? Of course you are. But that's not going to be always the norm. I see in the background behind you a bunch of different countries and their flags hanging. Is that because those you had clients or customers that were of, you know, I see a Canadian flag and, and whatnot. So... Every time you get a customer from a that's from a different country, do you put up one of those country flags? Hey, that's funny you ask that, right? So originally, you know, you go in most most uh, boxing gyms, even martial arts schools, jiu-jitsu schools, whatnot. Well, mostly in boxing gyms, what we've always been known to do is we always hang the flags of countries that have always had, you know, strong boxing 
you know, reputations, whether it be international, Olympic level, or world champion. So you've got, you know, the old Soviet Union, you've got the American flag, I've got Cuba over here, I've got Puerto Rico over here, and I've got, you know, the Mexican flag, and Argentina, of course, the Union Jack. So um, this week, I picked up a Honduras flag, because I made a mistake that, you know, I've got my Mexican flag here, but obviously in our, our durable and Shambly community, we have a, a large um, demographic of Honduras and, and Guatemala in the area. So now I'm thinking I, I got to go find a Honduran flag and a Guatemalan flag because, you know, that's a large representation of who I have in my gym. So it went before with just boxing countries that have reputations. And to your point, now I'm having to get a flag to make sure it represents the identity. of. All right. So. So if I come join your gym, I'm going to expect a Greek flag to be flying. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, it's going to cost you some blood and sweat for me to put a Greek flag up here. So I, I'll there. do the whole six months before you have to put it up. But I want to All see right. a Greek flag flying from that gym. I tell you what, you do that six months and you leave some DNA in this ring, I'll put that flag up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, we're almost at the end, but I think you see it's I feel like you still have some questions for Marty. Well, I was just going to say, you know, with the Canadian flag, they have their uh, infamous Boxing Day on December 26th each year, which has nothing to do with boxing, what we're talking about. It's actually so they can, it's a day off for people nationally so that they can wrap gifts and give gifts, you know, around the holidays. However, let that Canadian flag serve as motivation the day after Christmas if you're uh, in there. You can you can make it can be here in America. You can say Boxing Day is whatever it is in Canada. It's it has a different meaning. <laughs> right, right, right. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, and people people get that confused. They think the Canadians are, are going. Oh, it's a big Boxing Day now. The thing about that is, to your point, we have taken that title. Uh, we do have a Boxing Day here in the United States now, and what we call the Grassroots Amateur Rank. So we have kind of taken that that name and kind of and, and Americanized kind of did, it. That's that's the it's Christmas and the Americans are, oh, yeah, they're big on boxing, which they are, but not on that day. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. No doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we could talk for another uh, hour on this subject. And, Marty, I really appreciate you coming on. But we have come to the end of our our time. And so um, if, if someone wants to join your gym, since we're in this sort of COVID thing, what's the best way? Should they first go to your website? Should they call you up? And if they should call you up, what phone number should they call? Yeah, no, I appreciate that question. And, and this is what we tell them, because again, we're in unique times right now. And we all know that the one thing that's very valuable to all of us, even though we seem to have more of it than not, it's our time. So what we tell people is, sort us out first. You know, we've got enough public information out there. Our, our Facebook page is Sweet Science Fitness Boxing Club. Our Instagram page is the same, Sweet Science Fitness Boxing Club, Atlanta, Georgia. The website is sweetsciencefitness.com. You can reach us via phone at 404-736-6302. But one thing I tell people when they call us is that we're very transparent and we've done a great job of really, if they spend time going through our social media, going through the website, our cost, our schedule, everything you need to know about our business is there. We're transparent in relation to that. So by the time they call us, what we want to be talking about is what day and time you want to come in and what classes or personal training you want to start on. That's that's where we're at right now. If you want to come and get in shape, you want to switch your workouts up, you're in the area, in the vicinity, 
and you want to learn the sport of boxing and nothing else, then we're the place for you. Thanks so much, Marty. We appreciate it. Eric, any parting words before we go? I No, just uh, strap on strap on your gloves. And if, you know, for nothing else, use Canada's Boxing Day. You know, worst case, Ontario, you use that as motivation to to go do something different, better your life. I, I, I think we need to have a between two trains event. And um, every, we've had a number, I mean, you've been the longest running co-host, but we've had a number of other co-hosts, about four or five. I say we bring all the co-hosts together for a little boxing event and go at it. Love it. I love it. You, well, you can have, you can have team Norfolk Southern and team Marta. And then see which train. <laughs> the two trains, right? Track. You have to decide which train of the two trains you're going to pick. Yeah. I love it. Only one right, well, stay on track. Well, thanks so much, guys. I appreciate it. And we'll be back in another two weeks with great entrepreneurs from the North DeKalb area. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Take care.